Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me in cyberspace at rickthomas.net. If you have a question that you would like to ask me, I would love to answer it, either me or my team. You can come to our website, go to our forums. We have a free public forum for anybody in the world who has access to the internet you can ask your question there. If you are a supporting member of our website, let me direct you to our private forums. That is our smaller community, those who support this ministry. And we have a forum there for you. You can find it. It says, talk directly to me and my team. And you can ask your question there and we will respond to you. Either way, either forum is fine. Our desire is to serve you, and we have a context for you to get your questions answered, and we would love to do that. This is Life Over Coffee podcast, where I deal with questions that people ask, concerns that people have, things that are going on in people's lives. This is episode number 120. In this podcast, I want to talk about being busy This is not a rebuke. I don't want to rebuke you. That would be unkind. I just want to talk about a reality that you struggle with. More than likely, you are a busy person. If you are like me, you are super busy. And I think that is a good thing. But with every good thing, there's always a temptation and there's always problems lurking somewhere. And sometimes we can be overly distracted. We can be busy on on the wrong things or with the wrong things. We can be worn out and tired, and, and we just can't hold it all together because life is moving so fast. And so this podcast is titled episode number 120. It's not about being busy, but about managing your time. I hope you are busy. I hope you are a super busy person that you have more things to do than you can possibly get done. And I hope you die with 1,000 unfulfilled dreams. Keep imagining, keep dreaming, keep hoping, keep planning, keep thinking, keep pressing. We always want to be creative, imaginative, and imaginative and thinking about things that we want to do and planning and striving toward that. You don't want to run out of ideas or opportunities. So and that's why I say that. I had an old pastor one time say, I hope you die with a thousand unfulfilled dreams. And it just struck a good chord with me. And I thought, yes, that's how I want to be because I am a Christian and we think big. We think otherworldly. The unbusy Christian is an oxymoron. Nobody has a more important message than the Christian. And we should be spending ourselves as we go and tell the world about our great God. I believe to say that I'm busy is really unnecessary for the Christian. It is assumed because we are Christians. And so I want to give you some practical tips in this podcast to think about how to manage your time because our I think our problem in addition to life just going so fast being so frenetic in addition to that since about 2005 with uh, the mobile phone becoming a thing and it is a thing now 
over 70% of our culture uh, that has technology, computer or otherwise, they consume their content on their mobile devices. And if you had a counter on your mobile device that counted every time that you looked at it, I think you would be shocked. The average person looks at their mobile phone well over 100 times a day. And so technology does keep us distracted. And if you do not know how to manage your time, you'll be busy, but you will be busy doing the wrong things. And so I do hope that you are busy. I think to say that I'm bored, that's probably a sin problem. I can't put bored and Christian in the same sentence and make it sound right unless I say that a bored Christian probably has a sin problem. Imagine Jesus and his disciples being bored or being lazy, being passive. Gospelized Christians can do better than that. We are, I hope, that you are grateful for being busy because you know that there's coming a day when being busy may not be an option for you. I feel like that, that that day will come to me when I will not have the mobility to be able to do the things that I'm doing now. I'm old enough to know that I am slower and I'm not as, I don't have the vitality that I had when I was 25 years old. So I'm living in those days. In Ecclesiastes 12, it talks about the evil days. It says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come when you have no pleasure in them. Well, I'm heading toward those evil days. And I don't want to be that get off the lawn guy, but I know that I'm getting slower and life is getting harder. And it makes me more grateful for the opportunities that I have. Now, I have this other thing going on, too, as some of you know who have listened to my podcast. I have just come through 12 years of debilitating uh, back problem uh, where I was not able to stand more than 30 seconds at a time without excruciating pain. I have a speaking problem, too. And so for 12 years... It was really hard for me to do a lot of things, and it was a difficult time, and I had back surgery on July the 11th of 2017, and and things are much better. I'm in pain every day of my life, but I call it old age pain. This is the pain that you have when you get my age, but it's not the pain that I had for over a decade and so I just came through a long season, and I am, somebody asked me Sunday, I said, how's your back, in, or how you're doing, and so I'm doing fantastic. Oh, yeah, I got aches and pains and all that stuff, but I'm doing fantastic, comparatively speaking. But I know there is coming a day when we will not be able to do the things that we wish we could do, and so you want to seize the moment. You want to re- redeem the time, and you want to be very busy, but you want to do it well. The gospel and Christian goes together, and part of that worldview means being busy to love God and others, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us in Matthew 22. That's a working command. You cannot love God and love others without being busy. It's impossible. Or as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, to love or or to glorify God and everything you do, that is an action-shaped worldview. And if you think about it like that, as you read 
the book of Acts, the story of Paul, what the Bible gives us of Paul, you see that he was an action-shaped man with an action-shaped worldview who spent his life trying to glorify God, to spread the fame of God. He was a busy man. And then, of course, Matthew 28, go and make disciples. That is a job description that is full of busy opportunities. So I don't want to rebuke you or to be unkind about being busy. I want to push you into more busyness. But again, our thing is to learn how to do it well because we live in an amazingly distracted culture and we can be amazingly distracted people. And we don't want to be that way. So we want our busyness to be channeled in the right way, that it is loving God and loving loving others well. It is spreading the fame of God. It is glorifying Him in our culture. And we ma- or we're maximizing the moments that we have in the most efficient and practical ways that we can. And so the implication is clear. There is a good kind of busy, which is what I'm talking about here, But then there's a wrong kind of busy, and that's the distraction thing. Or maybe it's not not what you would categorize as distraction, but as a prioritization thing, that we don't know how to prioritize our life. We don't understand time management principles, and that's what I want to talk about here. I don't want you to become less busy, but it would be fantastic if you received some help through this podcast and how to be busy the right way. Let me give you a couple little illustrations of the wrong kind of busy. Let's say your marriage is falling apart, and you're too busy to discipline yourself for a season to repair what is wrong with your marriage. Now, that's the wrong kind of busy, the most important busyness that you should be doing during a time of a broken or dysfunctional marriage is being busy about putting putting your marriage back together, which means you have to move some things off your calendar and focus on the most important thing. Another kind of wrong busy is social media. People are way too distracted, and they're quite frankly, they are addicted to social media. They can't stay away from it. And it fills up their days, and they're busy, but accompanied with that busyness, wrong kind of busyness, is they're dissatisfied, discontented people, and they're, they are addicted people. And so if you ask them, they say, yeah, I'm busy. But if you begin to unpack their day, you see that they have prioritized on the wrong things. And so let's begin this by asking a couple questions. Do you know how to prioritize your calendar? Do you know how to keep a calendar? Do you know how to schedule your day That's important that you can look at your day and know that you have things to do. You have goals to accomplish, and you want to accomplish those goals. Plus, you have the ability to pull yourself away from those things that distract you, that keep you from accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish. So do you know how to prioritize your calendar? The second question is, are you spending the right amount of time taking care of your most important relationships? Now, that includes you. As I tell people when I talk about time management, this is one of the rare cases in our bibliocentric worldview where we can say you're number one. 
you take one of those foam fingers that they have in sporting events and where they wave them in front of the camera and say, we're number one, we're number one, those big foam fingers. Well, in this case, you're number one. You are the most important person when it comes to taking care of someone. And the reason is, if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to effectively glorify God, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others. And so I'm not talking about making yourself number one from a self-centered, narcissistic way. I'm talking about taking care of yourself physically and spiritually so that you are fortified, well-established, growing in spiritual maturity, so that you can be more effective out there as you serve others. And so my question is, are you spending the right amount of time taking care of your most important relationships? Starting with you, Jesus would pull away and rest. Where is he? I think he's up in a mountain. He's been praying there all night. He's taking care of business. He's taking care of himself. He's fortifying his relationship with his father. He's getting marching orders. He's pre-planning, praying. And so you want to take care of yourself, but also those within your immediate spheres of influence. If you're married, that's obviously your spouse, your children, your close friends, those things that are everybody does not receive the same amount of, of importance. And that's one of the reasons that social media can be so wrong for so many people. Social media relationships are peripheral relationships because there are built-in limitations to those relationships. And if you're spending too much of your time building cyber relationships and you're not adequately building relationships in the real world with real people who are really close to you, you could be making a dramatic mistake that can cost you in the long term. And I appreciate all our cyber relationships and the cyber, cyber connections that we have around the world. But I recognize them for what they are and the limitations that are built into them, and they do not receive first priority in our lives. I do. I am number one. Lucia's number two. My children are number three collectively and then a few close friends because we want to be well fortified so that we can be maximized for the glory of God. And so I'm talking about the wrong kind of busy here, not prioritizing your life to take care of your most important relationships, not knowing how to do a calendar not knowing how to build those relationships that are close to you. Let me give you a few tips. And then what I have here is an infographic of a calendar. It's a sample calendar of what we use in our family. And I will get more into that in a moment because I want to be really practical here. But let me give you four tips and then we will or then I'll jump into this calendar. And if you do have time and, and, and ability, I would like for you to get on episode number 120 and look at this graphic. I think it will serve you well. Here's tip number one. Learn the value of saying no. Just say no. I think it would be helpful for you if you haven't already done this, that you do a study of the four Gospels, observing all the times that Jesus said no or did not give people what they wanted when they wanted it. Sometimes Jesus just he just wouldn't move when he wouldn't budge when somebody asked him to do something or like when his 
mother and his brother were trying to get in. He didn't respond to them. Basically, he sent word through his disciples, is those who do the will of God. Those are the ones that I respond to. He wasn't controlled by family. He was controlled by a God-centered worldview, and sometimes that meant saying no to his own relatives or his close friends. And John 11, where he didn't respond as quick as Mary and Martha wanted him to respond to the sickness and eventual death of Lazarus. And so sometimes you just need to say no, and you need to learn the value of saying no. It's so huge. And if you struggle with fear of man, then you need to work through that. Because if your yes to somebody is really a no, then you are sinning. And you need to repent of that. Because what will happen is you will say yes when you really mean no, And you will struggle with that, but you'll also struggle with anger because you'll get into whatever it is you said yes to that you meant no to. And you'll get into doing it and you'll become angry because why in the world did I say yes to this when I didn't want to do it in the first place? It happens. And so learn the value of saying no. Number two, you have to ask yourself, is this busy stretch that I'm in, is it a season in my life, or is it a way of life? There is a difference. I remember when I was going through my MA program and sat down with Lucia and the Lord and uh, a couple of close friends, uh, pastors within our church, and we, we talked through this, and we asked what we believe were all the right questions, and we believed that this was the right thing for us to do. It was a two-year stint to get my MA, and so we did it. And we believe God was in it. But we knew that it was a season, and it had a, it had a drop-dead date. I mean, it was going to end. And so we did what we had to do. We set things aside. We pulled certain things off of our table, and we, we got in the grind of doing a master's program for two years. And we did it. It was hard. There's no question that it was hard. But it was just a season. It's kind of the way that I think when I visit New York City. I love New York City. It's one of my favorite places to go in all the world. But I know that I'm not going to live there. There's a difference between visiting and knowing you're going to leave in a week or two. And that would be different than if I knew I had to live there. I don't know if I could live there. It would just be so hard. It's a different kind of life. I know there's grace for that because I have quite a few friends who live there and they're doing well and they love it. They love it and they're fantastic people who love God. But that just seems so hard to me. But I can go and enjoy it because I know there's an end date. And when I did my MA program, I knew there was an end date so I could grind through it. And so what you do, what you're going through now, is it a season or if it's a way of life? If it's a way of life, you you have to ask other questions and you, you may have to do some hard things, especially if that way of life is overwhelming you. And so learn the value of saying no. Is it a season or a way of life? Number three, be spontaneous and structured. Do you want to be both of those? I'm talking about calendar planning here, and it could sound structured, so structured that there's no uh, spontaneity. There's no walking in the spirit. There's no pneumatic moments. And I would appeal to you to be both. We are both spontaneous and structured. We're well, we're, we are well-structured, but within that structure, we are spontaneous. We're not, we're not anal about our calendar. And so we are open because the thing is, is that God is not tameable. 
and each day brings terrific surprises, and we are open to all of his terrific surprises that are not on our calendar. And so we love spontaneity, but we also love structure. People who are all spontaneous, they're always exhausted, and they tend to exhaust their friends too, and they lack discipline, and you'll find that lack of discipline in other areas of their life. It's a lack of self-control if you're all spontaneous. But then if you're all structured, you also have deeper issues as well, which could be self-sufficiency, a desire to control, maybe fears, and so you tightly manage everything so that you're never caught off guard. But you want to be both spontaneous and structured. That's the way Jesus was. He prioritized his time, and you were not going to interrupt him if this is what he had going on including his mother, his brother, Mary, Martha. But he was also wide open to people who spontaneously came to him and interacted with him. You want to be both. Tip number four, express gratitude for being busy. Don't complain about being busy. God is kind to keep you busy. He's kind to empower you, to sustain you in your busyness. So those are my four tips I'm going to jump into my calendar, but first, learn the value of saying no. Is it a season or a way of life? Be spontaneous and structured, and by all means, express gratitude for being busy. I have a calendar here in these show notes, episode 120. It's laid out in one month, Sunday to Saturday, and then four weeks. So across the top, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Down on the left-hand side, week one, week two, week three, and week four. We divide each day. This is how Rick and Lucia do uh, their calendar. This is how we do our calendar. We have four calendars, by the way. We have a work calendar for us. We have a work calendar for the children. It's called school. So there's a school calendar and a work calendar. And then there is a family calendar, you know, things that we do. And then there's a church calendar. And they're all on one calendar on our computer, and they're all color-coded. Red means this, green means that, blue means that, yellow means the other thing. And so you can, you know by looking at the calendar, if it's color-coded, you know if it's, if it's church, family, work, or school. And so that's just an easy indicator to get your mind around what that activity is about. But it all works within one global calendar, Sunday to Saturday, in a month's time, week one, two, three, and four. Now, in theory, in concept, what we do is we divide each day into three uh, chunks, into three sections. There's the morning section, you know, theoretically from 6 to 12 noon. There's the afternoon section, afternoon to 4 or 5 o'clock. And then there's the evening section, 5 o'clock till whenever. So those are three sections. And every day has three of those sections. Let me give you an illustration of this. On Sunday morning, uh, on Sunday rather, there are three parts. There's Sunday morning, there's Sunday afternoon, there's Sunday night. And so we have those three sections. Now, Sunday morning is blocked from now until Jesus returns or from now until we see Jesus. It's blocked. Sunday morning is our church meeting. And unless there's just an exceptional exception to that, 
that is what we will be doing every Sunday of our lives. Now, I may be traveling, I may be speaking, we may be vacationing. There may be some extraordinary circumstance where something happens to somebody where we have to pull away and we can't make our Sunday church meeting. But ideally, every Sunday, that's what we're doing. So if you say, hey, can we meet on Sunday morning? Well, no, I can't because I have a meeting that Sunday and I'll be busy from early in the morning till in the afternoon. Then there's the afternoon slot and then there is Sunday night. Sunday night is or or the afternoon. We feel we feel one or the other of those slots. We don't feel all three. Here's the thing. We do not feel all three of those slots on any one day. Meaning we we're busy on Sunday morning, we're busy on Sunday afternoon with hospitality, we're busy on Sunday night with the church meeting like a youth meeting. We do not do three big things on any one day. Now, we learned that a long time ago when our children were small because it just exhausted them to run them from, from door to door, from, from, stop, from start to stop throughout the entire day. We also learned that Rick and Lucia will sin against each other if we do not have breaks within our day. And so if we have church meeting on Sunday, which we do Sunday morning, we'll either have hospitality on Sunday afternoon or we'll have some kind of meeting on Sunday night. We will not do two things, on uh, three things on any one day. And so that's one thing. And so we block out our calendar with unmovable things like the church meeting on Sunday morning. And then on Wednesday night, it's small group. And so Wednesday night is blocked from here to eternity. If you want to meet on Wednesday night, it's not an option because we have a meeting. And then we put blocks in for family, family time, Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday. And we so we have these blocks that if you look at our calendar, you'll see blocks spotted throughout our week and our month. Those are unmovable blocks. And then if someone wants to interact with us, we have a lot of time to do that. Those are all the open things. With the one exception, we'll not have three big things in any one day. And so you have to learn to figure out what are your most important things. Now, for us, church and family are the most important things. And so we fill in our calendar with church and family, and everything else works around that. And so we put the unmovable things in so we don't miss them, so we don't overschedule or, or schedule something over them. And then we have all of these slots for spontaneity and for other meetings. And so we're very flexible. But again, on some days, people will ask us on you know Sunday, hey, can we get together Sunday afternoon? And if we have a meeting on Sunday night, we say no because we do not fill up our day because it's exhausting what I'm saying here, the implication here is that we, we schedule rest in our calendar too. We are busy about making sure that we are getting enough rest. And so as you look at this calendar, I hope it gives you some ideas of how you can put your important things on the calendar and make them unmovable without being stubborn about it. But you're making sure you're hitting your priorities
And then you have all this open time for things that you can fill in around them, and that's what this calendar communicates. You want to make sure that other people are not running your calendar and running your life, and if you don't have a game plan, what you will do is you'll be like a flag in the wind, and you'll just be moving whichever way the wind is blowing because people will be demanding your time. People will be driving your schedule. And so if you set up a calendar, if you don't do it physically like this, at least have it in your head and have a game plan so that you can say no and you have a reason for saying no. We do not turn anyone away. Anybody that wants to meet with us, there's an opportunity to meet with us, but it can't be according to how you want it or when you want it because you don't run our lives and I don't run your life. But if you don't have a plan, people will overrun you and you'll find yourself so distracted because you don't block out these times that are important to you. And you'll end up frustrated and cynical and angry at people and then discontented and then reaching for distractions like food or television because you're so busy. And so my goal here is to help you to learn how to, if you're not already, to to think about strategically so that you can be both structured and spontaneous. And I know that this can create a lot of questions. And if I can answer any question for you, help you walk through your day, because everybody's day, week, and month in life is different. I understand that. And so I am speaking conceptually, not something that you want to codify and mandate for your life, but it gives you some good ideas. So let me know if I can serve you. Jump on our website, and I'll be glad to. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.